to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who really try their best, but just don't have enough talent. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> uh, ouch, Dave. Ouch. That's... <laughs> I'm going to see my therapist tomorrow. <laughs> just, like break that one down um yes this is chuck Siders. town has never been my strong suit uh you can find me on twitter at potadelphia you can find this sh- no you can find me on twitter at chuck Siders. you can find the show on twitter at potadelphia that's what i'm talking about right there yeah just got what's the yips going what's going on gene i didn't really appreciate how hard chuck's job was until i tried to do the open by myself yesterday uh, last week um it really like i had to write it all out and chuck always remembers it i guess that's why that's why uh, I didn't dress, uh, you know, this week, much like Nate Sedfeld. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, man, go uh, back and listen to like the first five episodes. It's a shit show. Yeah. Uh, by <laughs> the way, this is Gene Zelak, and you can find me on Twitter at producer Gene. Yeah. So uh, first, let's start off. Uh, big thank you to Gene, um, the original Gene, not Eugene, but also thank you to, to Eugene <laughs> for covering while Chuck and I were out last week. Uh, it was awesome to listen to uh, you and your dad. Yeah, uh, I had to a... I had to to break my dad's heart and be like, no, dad, like you don't you don't come on every week now when we need you. Yeah, but you know, we I I think I want to hear more stories though. Well, he was like, we, he's like, can we start through. earlier? Uh, you know, I have to go to bed. It's like, look, <laughs> dad, like that. It's it, it's cool. Like you know, you don't have to be on this week. Well, you know, if you need me to stay up, I will. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Gene, I got some notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and, you know, in case you've been living under a rock uh, and you're just finding out the, the Eagles have uh, have lost the playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks, uh, 17 to nine, a familiar score uh, for Seahawks games this season. So they're out. They're done. Eagles are done. Eagles season's over. Whew. And uh, you, you know kind of how what I was thinking about during this game? This game was it was basically an indictment on not an indictment, maybe indictment's a strong word. It was basically a referendum on Howie Roseman like this season, the last season, like the off season and this season. So and since it's like the holiday time, I was kind of thinking of it as uh Howie Roseman today was visited by the ghosts of football's past, present, and future. For the Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm. Okay, so what was the? Do you want to share which which of the three ghosts there are? I I I'm right. So the ghost of football past is you know how he came back to be haunted by the drafting of JJ Arthega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. That was abundantly clear in this game. He was also haunted by not giving up what was needed to get. Uh, clowny here in Philadelphia in an Eagles uniform. And when we look at when we look at the ghosts of, of football present, you know, what did he do to strengthen this team as they started as these injuries started to pile up over the course of the season, whether by, you know, hook or by crook, he, he, we needed to get more talent in here. And there were there were windows of opportunity that came up during the season that he he didn't want to take advantage of. And then, you know, we have the ghost of football future. Where do we go from here? 
because we have a lot of these strange situations like, you know, the Aguilar and, and uh, Jeffrey and, you know, how, how, where, Peter's like, you know, where where's all this going? Are we, you know, are we too old? Do we not have enough young talent moving forward? So it's I, I really felt like Howie was at like in the middle of a, a, a sandstorm today. That's a really good point, Dave. You know, I think like a lot of people, I kind of threw up my hands after the game. It was just like, what, what are they going to do? You know, the the Eagles were dealt a bad hand this season, and, you know, they they made the, the best of it. They made this game a game today. They could have tied it, maybe with a little luck could have won it. But uh, what are you going to do? And the, when you frame it that way, it's like, yeah, Howie, you know, Howie had ch- chances. Howie had time to address this roster and really didn't. And we've been injured since, what, week two, week three, right. week one? Like, when did when did Deshaun go week out? Two. Week one? Week, week two. two? It was the two wideouts. Yeah. It, so it's it's been a problem. Now, it got bad to a almost comical extent but it's been a problem and and this season i feel like was more active than most with like in seating in season trades and you know maneuvering for nfl teams usually it's it's pretty stagnant during the season but i feel like there were were a decent amount of moves this year so you know what dave uh you convinced me i i will say this is uh a howie referendum referendum you know, a lot of people you can go, eh, it's hard to judge this season, but um, Howie might not be the, you know, the best in-season uh, GM. You know, there were, there were opportunities to improve this team, to make to make it um, a better fit, to make it more cohesive, but uh, he really didn't do anything. I feel like the spin coming uh, starting tomorrow is going to be, well, you know, Howie did everything he could to build a great roster. He got them, you know, what he did got them all the way to the playoffs because look at the depth that he was able to put in place. Uh, you know, you can't plan for this sort of uh, this amount of injury. And and I think all of our counter argument is going to be as you see the you know, you knew probably pretty early on that you were in some deep trouble at wide receiver. You knew pretty early on that you were really putting pressure on your uh, lineman depth. You knew pretty, pretty pretty early on. You knew last year that you had problems in the secondary um, and you were not addressing any of those holes. So I think that thankfully, yes, Howie did put together a deep roster. The problem is when you are playing with your depth for two months uh, and you don't replace any of that you're going to see that eventually you're going to scrape the bottom you're going to you can only run on 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 fumes uh for so many miles and i think maybe today's game like as a microcosm how many passes did carson even throw did he did he complete one pass the last stat i saw before he i'm sure was injured was like oh and four yeah, oh, but yeah. The, the the point being, much like this season, to a certain degree, we felt like, uh, you know, what our plan was was out the window before the game even started, and yeah. you know the 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 team was able to kind of rally and keep it close, but what we saw in the second half was there were plays probably there to be made, and there just was not 
the talent there to make those plays. You had a Wentz was one for four for three yards. We had so. we had a quarterback who was forty years old, and and I you know that's older than me, believe it or not, and uh, you know that. That is insane to me that that's the kind of guy that's out there slinging it for you when you've got a guy you've groomed in your system for three years now who, who's not even dressing, who was, you know, you let Nick Foles go because you have Nate Sudfeld. Now, I'm not, I don't want to put this as we should have kept Nick Foles. That, that's not my point. My point is you had invested in Nate Sudfeld. Uh, the reason that you brought um, Josh McCown in was to kind of stop gap early in the season when Sudfeld was down. Why Why isn't Nate Sudfeld dressed and he the backup quarterback late in the season? Um, what is it that McCown provided that was so uh, that you that you felt that gave you the best chance to win in a playoff game? Uh, now, I don't know if that would have made a difference. Honestly, I think that we were just so devastated on offense. And Miles Sanders, I don't think, was 100%. Zach Ertz clearly wasn't 100%. And uh, I think that you miss your starting right guard and your starting right tackle. And, wh- wh- you know, uh, what I, are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's – it's look, it's well-documented, all the injuries. Like, I, you know, I don't think anyone needs us to run through the litany of people that are missing from this team. And I, I think I, – honestly, I think if, if we were mostly healthy and this quarterback injury happened, we probably could have been f- fine and found a way to win this game, whether it was – with McCown or Sudfeld or who you know whoever, uh, but just the culmination of everything—it just got to be like so much. And I, I, I really do commend the team and the coaching staff. And I don't feel—I don't feel like today, you know, we uh, a sense that you know, God damn it, you know, we should be playing next week. We deserve to play next week because you know you got to like look in the mirror and be like, look, we're in a really we really don't even deserve to be in the playoffs. Like we're really not a playoff caliber team. Like we're one of eight teams, you know, this week fighting to play for a championship. Like that's, I mean, you know, if you watch the whole season, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. Like I feel like there's, we got to, we, you don't want to say like a moral victory, but it is an accomplishment to make the play for this team in this state of disrepair to make the playoffs and to stop a team like the Cowboys who are your arch rival and relatively very healthy. And clearly uh, I think the more talented group, you know what I mean? Like there, there yeah, is more talent yeah. that went into that game two weeks ago. And like, and like I, God damn it. Like this team tried hard as shit. Like they really did like every week. Like I, I really, I honestly believe everybody gave it everything they had. I, 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 I would bet every coach was there till the late hours of the night and first thing in the morning. And I, 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 I'm willing to bet everybody put everything they had into this. If you saw after the game, uh, McCown was was very emotional, like more emotional than I would have expected. You know, a one year like rental backup quarterback to be in this situation. So you know, there was some there was something in the air there this last month that galvanized everybody and i like i thought it was really cool and I'm, I'm proud of the team like i'm not embarrassed to be an eagles fan tomorrow um and i got no problem like walking into work because you know i think the team played as hard as they could and it's just like you know honestly if the seahawks lost this game they they should be a fucking laughing stock because if you couldn't beat a decimated eagles team and then their their best player their quarterback goes out because you are a dirty ass player and injured them uh you know, what are you doing? You shouldn't be a playoff team then. Yeah, it's 
if the Eagles won, it wouldn't be like, you know, the, the tone of this podcast probably wouldn't be terribly different. It wouldn't be like, oh, we kicked their ass. It would be like, <laughs> survive another won? week. Yeah, like, that's cool. Yeah, we get another week. Like, like Josh McCown's 20 days older than I am. That's cool. Sir, cool. Maybe our kids way, go to school. By the way, the Eagles have the best quarterback over 40 years old in the playoffs this year. <laughs> we think of that. That is, uh, that is a take. That is a take. And do you know this when you were like watching like McCown play, like when he threw the ball, even if he threw it like seven yards, it was, it looked like the, it was a shot put. Yeah. <laughs> like he looked like he was putting like, mm! The, the only thing I could compare it to is, do you remember Rodney Pete when he was the Eagles quarterback? Oh, yeah. Um, that was the only time I ever watched an Eagles starting quarterback, and I'd be like, I, I think I can throw the ball further than him. I mean, granted, I, I was like. hurts that man. <laughs> like, I think I was 12 when he was the, the quarterback, maybe a little older. But, like, but that was the thing is, like, both of them had that similar, like, they are, they are really, like, using all. It makes you really appreciate, like, kind of. Um, how guys like Michael Vick and, and Wentz and these guys that have absolute cannons, how they just have that flick and the ball just goes 30 yards like on a rope. And you see these other yeah. guys that just cannot put that same kind of zip on the ball. It just makes you appreciate I always remember how good Randall looked like he had – Randall Cunningham looked like he had like a liquid arm and it was just like whoop. Yeah, and it would just – it almost yeah. like it, it almost like it had a sound. <laughs> a lot of a lot of interesting sound effects on, on this episode. <laughs> um, but uh, I have to hand it to McCown, and you, you talked about him being, you know, distraught at the end of the game, and I was surprised about that too until I I gave it a little more thought. And I mean, think of it he what he was at ESPN, right, or mm -hmm. had some broadcasting job, came out of retirement to play for the Eagles. Did he play any regular season time? I don't no. think he did. No, and if he did, it was like a garbage series. Like you know, I oh, think he did. Like he did come in for like that one hot minute. Yeah, um, but it was like it was like nothing. It was like you know a yeah. series. Yeah. And here you go, playoff game. Balls in your hand, and he was serviceable. You know, you're talking about him throwing it like a shot put. For me, it was like. He looked like the best damn backyard quarterback I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, it was these things should have all been picked off. Like he indicated exactly where this ball was going <laughs> well ahead of time. But when he had the opening, he mostly uh, found it. And he was, you know, what, two passes away from like a Disney movie about his life. You know, to come <laughs> in and go... Here it is. It's like you know, he must have heard the music. It's like, Josh, we're calling your number. You know, come in yeah. and and orchestrate a few drives, a few nice drives. Sure. And you know, he had no three and outs. Yeah, no three. No, outs. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, and the the, the other thing that uh, I appreciated is he hung in there better than I think a lot of guys, and I think that maybe that was. The reason why you put a guy like that in that in a position, maybe you know you've got a, a younger player that's, you know, going to have that uh, adrenaline heave, and you're going to overthrow a lot of people or or make uh, rash decisions. 
but he really hung in there and and let the game kind of come to him to a certain degree. And more importantly, he he is not the reason we lost the game today. Like there was there was not really anything that he did. It's not like he he committed that you know that that terrible turnover or anything like this. He really did kind of do what he could to to keep the the offense moving they just ran out of like i said they just ran out of gas when you got you you had i banged up miles sanders and a banged up boston scott and nothing else really as far as skill position maybe goddard who i didn't hear his name called at all but um he had some yeah. catches yeah it's it's just one of those things and you could one of the other issues is once you take away that element of escapability that you have with wentz um because those defensive lineman could make up ground on on McCown like like nothing you know he just didn't have that other gear um you know maybe the defense he had one gear he was like first gear yeah like my my father said I'm 75 years old and I can move quicker than McCown yeah I I think that the defense can sit back a little more uh yeah, when you got call that. some uh design runs for McCown yeah, which yeah. I which I was unclear on um but yeah no I mean but he was able to do that quarterback sneak you know which I was ill-advised I believe but he did get the first down um and he and he un- ducked under a couple of huge yeah. huge hits um those are moves that like he probably has seen Wentz do I mean then when you know Wentz is able to sprint for seven or eight yards from there and McCown gets two um but you know he he he, he he did a, a heroic job in a lot of cases. Uh, my dad was funny. He actually said uh, at one point they showed a shot of him, I guess right after he had come off the field after a, after a punt, and he was on the on the phone. And uh, uh, my dad said, "You think he? Uh, you think Peterson gave him Nick Folt number? Do you think he's he's calling Nick to see get some advice as to how to run that RPO?" Um, so you know, it, it just was one of those one of those those things that. But I, I think more than anything, maybe we, we need to talk about what is this going to mean to the Carson Wentz uh, legacy? What's this going to mean to the Carson Wentz haters? Does this do nothing because it was such a fluke? It was a, a, a bad hit. It's it's today. It's the 2010 NFL. And like they even said in the broadcast in 1989, you know, this is a that's a hit. You probably don't even come out of the game on. But uh, that's not today's NFL. Um, and. You know, for better or worse, you know, probably certainly if you're uh, if you're the, the the actual player, it's better that they're not letting you back in there with these massive concussions. And Chuck, you can vouch for how what the kind of damage that concussions can do to hockey players. Um, you know, do you think that this is uh, another another check against in the in the con side of Wentz's ledger, or do you have to kind of like throw your hands up and be like, you know, one of these days he's going to be able to stay upright for a playoff game? I have seen talk online of, yeah, he's injury prone and I don't buy Well, this injury today has nothing to do with injury prone. He got he got speared in the back of his skull. I don't care who you are. That's going to mess you up. Right. When it was like 12 inches above the ground. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. And like they were right. They said it was like a double shot. Yeah. And I mean, you might as well like take a baseball bat to his to his head you know if if that's you know a soft player an injury prone player i don't know what the hell to tell you you know and you know talking about 1989 you wouldn't go back in this game i mean 
you'd go back in this game. Well, yeah, because they didn't treat concussions like they're any serious issue. And right? he did. He got up and continued to play. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm knocked out or anything like that. He was still in the game. Uh, but what do you th- I mean, do you guys think it was a dirty hit? It was definitely reckless. Like, dirty, I mean, it should have been penalized heavily. Um, and... You know, it should still be penalized with a fine or whatever. It was definitely reckless. Dirty to me implies, you know, an intentionally injuring or like going, I know this is going to mess this dude up and I don't care about mm-hmm. the, the the consequences. Here, I, I think it actually does get a little close to that. I think yeah. it's he had the opportunity to said, like, I, I'm going to put a lick on this dude. And I I don't think he meant to spear him in the back of the, the head, but yeah, I'll, I'll say dirty. I'll say dirty. Definitely you talked reckless. yourself into it. I did because I do think there was, you know, it wasn't like, Ooh, I'm just going to tackle him. Like, no, it was late enough that it was, I'm going to get this hit in there. I feel like the, the the way certainly the the way the rules have been modified or uh, evolved that that sort of a shot to a quarterback who is you know the play was I, I believe the play had been whistled down or he certainly was what do they call that uh, giving yourself up you know it, it, this is this a similar play to what I believe cost us a touchdown earlier in the year where you know when the quarterback's in a particular uh, position that you know he's considered giving himself up and if you're going to call it that way where you're going to take points off the board in a particular situation or take a, a first down or a, you know away you know then you have to also protect the quarterback from hits like that and 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 this is the real danger is you know it's one thing to take the shot in the back of the head that's bad enough but what i think probably caused the concussion was that that bounce off of the off of mm-hmm. the turf that rattles the brain around your head and that is a preventable injury like if you sh- you know if you want to put a hit on him you know go at the you know you should you should be restricted to like shoulder pads down um you know most quarterbacks wear flak jackets and you know you bruise his ribs like you know you can still you know, put a quarterback out if that is to a certain degree. You know, it's hard being an Eagles fan to not appreciate the art of taking a player out of a game. You know, the Buddy Ryan defense was uh, had made an art form of it. Uh, there is some uh, something to be said for the fact that we may have uh, been helped winning the Super Bowl because of a, a hit that took a player out of the game. Um, so it'd be hypocritical for me to say that, like, I have no appreciation for um, – in a big game, doing what you need to do to to win, but very seriously, especially for uh, for quarterbacks and and for what we call defenseless receivers, um, you know, head injuries are they're not the kind of thing that's just going to keep you out two two weeks anymore. You know, these things are are the kinds of things that ruin lives. And I would hope that if there's one thing that it comes out of the the way that the NFL is legislating now is that we reduce the amount of permanent damage we do to former players i watched the hit i don't know probably 50 times now and the when i look at it i think when i first saw it i didn't think anything of it um but then you know as i keep watching it it looks to me like and when i watch other tackles sometimes i see especially when they're dealing with a quarterback which i don't know if he's considered a quarterback on that play because he's a runner um 
But it looks to me like a lot of guys twist out of violence, and it looked to me on that play like Clowney twisted into the violence. Like there was a way that he could have said, and I, I get it, it's bang, bang. I get it, I get it. Uh, but I see guys do it all the time. They go into a hit, and then they just either just go limp or they twist away or fall a certain way. He Malcolm Jenkins actually, does that all the time. Malcolm Jenkins, especially when yes. he hits quarterbacks, does that all the time. Yes, and we saw it a lot in this game too. Uh, you know, he he handled he would hit he would hit uh, Wilson, and then it was just like I'm a, a I'm a, a sack of potatoes, like I just fall <laughs> down or whatever. But to me, it looked to me like Clowney twisted into the violence and directed his head. And I, I I get I'm looking at replays in super slow motion, but it's just the way it's just the way it looks to me. I, I think you put it well. It's and it is split second, and it's probably a split second of intent, too. It's not like, hey, I'm going to murder this dude. It was just as opposed to, you know, lifting your head up and, you know, making the primary point of impact, you know, your chest or your shoulder or whatever. It was, ooh, free shot, you know? Yeah, I'm doing damage here. That's that's yeah. kind of what it is. It's like I'm going to inflict damage. And it's a playoff game. He's... A very good quarterback. I was going to say elite, but I didn't feel like starting that argument. But I'm sure the the defense of Seattle respects him. So it's like, ooh, I got this opportunity for a, a free hit, which, you know, say say what you want about it. He didn't get called for a penalty, so he was right. Like, if that was his assessment that I can get away with one here. You know, I'm not saying it's morally right. I'm not saying, but I think, you're right, Dave. He had the opportunity to to lay up a bit. He didn't because of all those reasons I said. It's a playoff game. This guy's a good quarterback. Let's let's shake him up a bit. And boy, howdy, did he. You know? And Gene, to your point, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare if you're a rational Eagles fan because this does bring out all of the lunatics, you know, like Wentz haters, whatever you want to say, Cowboy fans. He still has not played a fucking playoff game. Like, this is absurd. This is absurd. Three years in a row, and we can't get this dude in a playoff game? Yeah, and considering I, we have we have played as many playoff games as we had since we have drafted this quarterback. It's crazy to think, like, had we, you know, Donovan was, I think, had been to a, an NFC championship game at this point in his, in his, in his career. Right. He's going to have this, like, uh, stink on him that says, like, you know, uh, most – most wins to start a, a an NFL career without a playoff appearance or so, some some nonsense stat like that is going to come out. Um, and again, it's going to continue to be this albatross around his neck. And now next year, you, despite the fact that he went through an entire season this year healthy and the, the injury that occurred today was uh, due to what we kind of, I guess, agree was a, a dirty or at least a semi dirty hit that. It didn't limit his, you know, want or ability to play in the game as it continued to do. It was more of a league rule official saying you cannot continue to play this game. Um, It's just so frustrating. It's such a frustrating thing. And it's like, you know, one of those, ah, I feel so bad for him. And uh, I appreciate, we were talking earlier about how this team had to kind of find a new identity i guess after the uh, the miami game and and personally i i know if you go back and listen to how we were talking about 
them during those those weeks. Um, you know, it really seemed like Wentz had forgotten how to play quarterback. Like, it really did. He looked about as bad as you could look for a three-week stretch uh, ending with that Miami game. And by hook or by crook, he he and, and Doug Peterson and – uh, it sounds like uh, Jason Kelsey had a big impact. He, he There was an offensive meeting, and, and he kind of stood up and interrupted the meeting, um, at least if you believe uh, Chris Collingsworth. I don't know whether you put any stock in anything that guy says. But he kind of uh, <laughs> implied that, that Jason Kelsey got up, and, you know, this does, you know, knowing what we know of Jason Kelsey, what we've seen in public, it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that he would get up in the middle of a meeting and, and kind of say, look, you know, call some people out, but at the end say like, hey, you're all my brothers. I'm willing to go to war with you. I'm going to go through a brick wall with you, but we have got to find our focus. We've got to play better. And, you know, we're the goddamn Eagles and we can't, we're not going to go down like this. Um, and and they didn't. They really did kind of in the last four weeks of the season that was really up against, they were up against the wall and they decided like, hey, we're better than this. We're going to make the playoffs. And, and, and they did. And that's not in small part to the play of Carson Wentz. Uh, yes, it was against the Giants and the Redskins who are not good football teams, but to a certain degree, and this is throughout all of the time I've ever watched football, you have to throw out uh, a little bit of that when you play within your division. You know, There is a, a certain amount of vile that you have in your blood, and it's hard to beat a team twice, and they did it to, to, to the Giants in this span of four weeks. Um, so I appreciate what Carson Wentz did. He changed a lot of my impression about him just from what I had, had seen this this season. And personally, I really do believe, I don't know if we would have won today, but I, I really do believe that we would have had a, a very different game had he been able to complete it. And, um, you know, I... I'm there's a part of me that didn't want to have the uh, Josh McCown hero conversation. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm to a, I'm certain there's a certain part of me that's relieved that that's not a conversation I have to have. Um, but I am a little disappointed that there was the chance next week. Deshaun Jackson could have been activated um, if he was healthy. And I don't know what his health status was. They were real vague about it. I do know that he would have his his time required to be on IR would be up. Whatever I guess whatever they they put him on. So it would have been really interesting to see had they progressed one more week if um if he would have been able to make it back if that would have made a difference. So um yeah, it, it it's just been such a strange season, such a weird season to root for the Eagles to go from the absolute lows of of really disliking a lot of my own team and players that had, I had seen win a Super Bowl with this team to really um, finding new guys that I really pulled for. I, you know, even my mom knows who Boston Scott is. Um, you know, the the wah-wah the the walk-ons, the, uh, you know, the all these crazy things, you know. But what, what it really was was these guys embodied kind of this – we will, you know, we are going to keep getting pounded. We're going to hit the canvas, and you know, at the end, we're gonna we're gonna yell Adrian into the crowd because <laughs> all we wanted to do was go the distance. You know what I mean? Like we just needed to, we just wanted to end up on our feet at the end. Um, we didn't want to make asses of ourselves and get knocked out in ninety seconds. Um, you know, if last year was the Rocky Three analogy, by God, I feel like this this season was the Rocky One analogy. You you know it's um. What's funny, I was kind of thinking about this. I'm glad that they played the Seahawks, first of all, 
because I think a lot of the other teams, um, if they came in here, we would have had a lot more trouble with. I think we would have had a bigger problem if the Vikings were here um, or if we played the Saints or something like that. I think I think we would have had um, it, it wouldn't have been as um, heroic an effort of a showing as it as it appeared to be against the Seahawks. The other thing I was thinking is you ever seen a movie uh, when someone has like a terminal illness or they're, you know, they're, and I am not by any means making light of the terminal illness or anything like that. But if someone's struggling with a, with a terminal illness and the, the loved ones go like, it's a, it's a, it's okay. You can go, you can, you can go. I'll be fine. Like, don't, don't keep fighting for me. That's kind of the way I feel about the Eagles. It's like, <laughs> it's okay. Like you guys, you fought as hard as you could. I get it. Like, it's okay. You can go golf. You you can rest now. Yeah, you can yeah. rest go, now. Go play golf. We'll see you in uh, July for for mini camp or whatever. Me and um, the kids are going to be fine. Yeah, you don't need to worry about us anymore. Eagles, right? Go into exactly. the light. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so I I don't know. I like I don't know. Do we what? I mean, what do we, do we want to break down the game? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If there's any value in doing that. Doug no. did weird shit. Maybe let's. You know, I mean, we're gonna have a eulogy for the thing, but you know, if we could just, you know, since you brought Doug up, do you think that at one point Doug just turned to Mike Rowe or whatever and was like, like, do we even have a chart for this? Do we have a, do we have a plan for this? Like, I, I mean, like, I, I don't. You know, some of these weird things were like. Did McCown even get very much time? I, I think that they just couldn't possibly fathom that this would be an eventuality. And but you just, could see though they got their shit together. Oh, after they absolutely the did. They absolutely like, did. And the I don't second know, quarter was a shit show. And I don't know that you can necessarily fault Doug in the sense that no. like I think that you do need that time to kind of be like, what can Josh do? Like what? Like we have this game plan for somebody completely different. Like we need, we need time to adjust. And and I, that's the thing is, of of all of Doug's um, coaching job so far, like this season, and you know maybe not necessarily in this game, but this season has has really been like made me appreciate that we have Doug Peterson as opposed to a lot of the other coaches that are in the NFL. He's a coach that I, you know, even though he may do things that drive me insane, um, I appreciate and want to root for a guy like that. Because even when Andy Reid was the coach, and Andy Reid was a very successful coach for this team for a lot of time, you felt like you would get frustrated with him because he just had no ability to learn from his mistakes. And, yeah, there are certain things about Doug that he kind of – does over and over again but you just feel like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna give you an advantage in a certain way he's gonna do that crazy thing and once in a while because he's willing to to go out on a ledge and 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 risk something sometimes that his when he gambles sometimes it's going to pay off and he doesn't he's got when he when he's got that knack going when he knows when his when his instinct is right he can out coach anybody and he proved it i I don't know that I'm on the same side of that as you, Gene. I, I, I get that. Like he, he's really great at getting the team together and people want to play for him. And he's really good in these moments where it's, you know, us against the world and all that. Um, but 
Sometimes I just want you to kick the fucking field goal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I just want to take the three points. And that I mean it came up today. You know, it was 17 to 9, and we're down there with like seven minutes left. And we could have made it 17-12 and given us a chance to go ahead with a touchdown on multiple possessions that came up after that. But no, we gotta go for a fourth and seven with no wide receivers, no starting quarterback injured running backs. I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying though. I do get what you're saying. I mean, do do you think that there's a, maybe to like the fundamental point, like, is there another coach that you think would, that you, that, that, that you would want to root for that is in the NFL that you like better, you know, or at least another style. Like I wouldn't want a Belichick. I don't want to root for a guy like Belichick. He's gonna. I let... don't know. McDermott seems like he's. Uh... And he was an he was an eagle guy. Yeah, yeah. You know. I, I, I don't know. I, I I I'd have to think, but I like Doug. I do, and I want him to do well. It's not. It's not like this point where where I was at with Chip Kelly, where it was like I hate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I, I like Doug. I do. I want him to do well. I, I want, want, I want to you to fail, Chip. Like I, you know, and I still revel in Chip's failures. Yeah. I feel like. It, I feel like Doug, if if you ever watch like a reality competition show, like a, a Top Chef or like a Project Runway, like he is the one. Okay, here's the challenge, Doug. Everybody's injured. You got a 40 year old quarterback who can barely move. Go. And Doug will draw up a game plan that works. All right. Here's the challenge, Doug. You're, you know potential MVP quarterback out for the season. You have Nick Foles coming in. What can you do with him? I, I can win the Super Bowl. And he's the competitor that when they said, all right, we're getting the end. Final challenge. No hurdles. Do whatever you like. <laughs> and then he's I just like, nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm going for an every fourth down. Why? Why, Doug? Why? <laughs> like when there's no obstacles, maybe he makes them himself. You know, we can we can talk about that fourth down call, the first fourth down call, because I, I'm kind of on about you know two minds about it. I thought, yeah, at the time, kick the three. Then I thought, well, you're there, and who knows if you know McCowan can orchestrate another drive like that? May take the shot, try to get tied up, and then later win it with a field goal. Um, yeah, because you know what? Maybe the best route could have been. At 17-9, kick the field goal, make it 17-12. Then, when you were down there again, kick another field goal, make it 17-15, yeah. and you have your three timeouts. Oh, believe me, I was thinking that at the end of the game. I'm like, wh- with how well you know the defense stopped um, Seattle mm-hmm. uh, when we turned the ball, you know, uh, gave the ball back to them after uh, that first fourth down attempt. You know, I thought. Oh man, if we if we could have done this and put points on the board, I mean that that's a whole lot of ifs. A lot of things can change, but with the amount of timeouts we had, uh, I'm not sure we would have gotten a chance for a you know a third field goal in this hypothetical scenario. But it gives us more options. So after the fact, uh, I, I'd probably say yeah, put up the three. But I you know as sort of two minds about it um but dealing with adversity i think i do think doug called a a pretty good game today 
Gene? Yes. <laughs> what about what about the end of the half? I think this one got you cheesed a little bit. End of the first half. Oh yeah, no, this... like seven seconds left, and we're on our own thirty-five. This whole sequence kind of uh, frustrated me because they 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 had no ability to stop the clock at this point, and they're running a whole lot of stuff like to the middle of the field, and then they I, I think they took a, a bad penalty, and then. They've got like eight seconds left or nine seconds left, or whatever it was, and they run a play, and Miles Sanders ends up taking a shot, and I honestly thought that was he had re-aggravated the shoulder, and he looked like he was really like in a lot of pain down on the, on the turf at the end of the half, and it was like what, like to what end, like what was what were you going to succeed with there? You had no ability to stop the clock, you were way too far away to even with with one play get into field goal range. You don't have a quarterback that can get it downfield. You don't have a play drawn up to try to get a touchdown. And and really that's not where you should be. Just take a knee and go into the half. It, it, yeah, man. Like he never cuts his losses. It's always, I got to go for it. And that's yeah. the thing that drives me nuts about Doug. And I just wish he would, you know, practice a little bit of self-control with that. And in that case, it really is like, what what are you even trying to accomplish? Exactly. Like, exactly. you're getting the ball to start the half. Like, it's not even like, you know, you, you're, you're wasting an opportunity where you're not going to. Yes, obviously, you would rather have points there. But, like, in this case, like, caution would have been much better part of valor there. You, you need to protect. Um, you know, this is exactly the kind of situation where you, you lose alignment to an angle twist or something. Some some defensive yeah. lineman gets cute because the, the lineman doesn't doesn't see him or something. And, and we, we couldn't afford another injury there. And I, luckily, Miles Sanders did come back into the game. But uh, that 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 you're right. That did cheese me. I, I don't really understand what that the thought was there. All right. So here's what I'm doing. Talk about the broadcast for a brief minute. Um, and then I have a, a highlight discussion piece for the other three games uh, around the league. Um, so l- let me ask you this. What was the most annoying part of today's broadcast? Because we got the raw end of the deal out of all of the broadcast. Well, maybe the ESPN one might might be worse, but it, that I would one was much bad. rather have had the CBS or the Fox. The CBS broadcast was great. Like yeah, that was absolutely yeah. my favorite broadcast of the, and it was maybe the best game of the week too, but it was my favorite broadcast. Yeah. Um, so here are your options. Um, the, the Al Michaels making it really obvious that he needs to do more crossword puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Collinsworth um, describing how he loves the playoff atmosphere in Philly and what a great place it is for a postseason game. Uh, or just straight up the Nick Foles graphic itself. Oh, I'm or, or say, maybe you have a write-in. Maybe you have a write-in. Well, I just threw those together real quick. My write-in was going to be the damn green zone again. Like, oh, you haven't gotten like used to ignoring that yet. I have, but it was so irksome because those third-down conversions were so important since it was a playoff game. You know, it's a green field. We'll make it greener. Yeah, it's we don't make like, the green field. We make it greener. <laughs> What's it accomplish? The same thing as the yellow line. <laughs> OK, what happens when they go from the regular green field to the hyper green field? Nothing like, <laughs> oh, OK, positive yardage, I guess. Um, now, I'd go the Nick Falls graphic. There was 
there was like, why no... did you make that why did you have that ready that's the yeah. thing that pisses me off about it is because you had every intention of putting some bullshit nick Foles graphic up there to just stir up the pot again why did you even make it nbc all right i cede my time to uh <laughs> The, the gentleman from Delco, because <laughs> that was exactly the point I was thinking of, but like louder and more aggressive. So, yes, that's that's my feeling. Why? Why bring up Nick Foles here? Like, we're not playing Jacksonville. He's been gone for a while. Wentz was healthy the whole season. He got, yeah, benched. Every he got game. benched in Jacksonville. It's not even like he was in the playoffs. Yeah. He he got benched after a broken collarbone in a terrible year. Like there was there was nothing. It was a no. It was a nothing burger. Yeah, yeah. I, I want every game. I want you to show me a graphic of a, a benched quarterback from another team and what they did in their previous lives. I'm over this Nick Foles stuff. Whatever. But Chris Collinsworth, don't shut up about Philly, dude. That was like, gonna just... be that was gonna be my pick because he it would have been it was almost like you ever you ever go to a concert and you have that there's a there's a band called OAR and they actually have a song called This Town that they play and it, the lyrics are something like This Town is the best town that we've ever played <laughs> a show <laughs> in. So they play it every crazy fun... game of poker, right? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that OAR? that's OAR? Yeah, which is an, a song that's about nine minutes too long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you you just described most jam bands. You, you can see I'm a big OAR fan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's kind of been like my ultimate argument against those kind of shitty bands. It's like, if you're going to literally write a song that's like, hey, Cleveland, you're the fucking dopest place we've ever played a show. Chris Collinsworth <laughs> is the equivalent of OAR of, of announcers. He comes out, Philly, you're the dopest place to play a playoff game. Had this been in Seattle, he would have been wearing a 12th man t-shirt. Like, this guy is... I would rather have somebody who is uh, like a Joe Buck-esque, just all about hating everything. Like, just a misery biscuit. Like, I would rather have that than somebody who's going to Filate me for no biscuit. reason. Yeah, like, I do my best to let Gene make his point, but misery biscuit after nothing burger. Like, <laughs> we, we we have a whole like smorgasbord of feelings. And Look, the diabetic situations. always has food on his mind. That is <laughs> point one. Um, so. But like that's the thing is Collinsworth is that guy like he's that guy that you invite to parties is like always oh god he's he's so annoying in that way he, he he's always trying to but and you know that he hates Philadelphia I watched the Super Bowl I know how you really feel Collinsworth because in that case it was the legacy the legend Tom Brady just get him the ball one more time he's gonna do it yeah no he didn't he didn't so. Like, you're not going to fool me with this shit, Collinsworth. Like, I know where you really stand. You have absolutely no loyalty to anybody. Shut up. Misery biscuit now with Collinsworth butter. (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay. So the other games around the league. Um, Where do you want to start? Start with today? The Saints? (laughs) (laughs) But real quick. If you are a football fan, even a casual football fan, man, oh, yeah. this is a hell of a weekend. Awesome weekend. Yeah, no, this weekend right. will be better than next weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because they always say, like, next weekend is the best weekend of football. No, not not not, not this year. There's I, be yeah, a I think the teams that year. had buys are so much better. Mm-hmm. 
than the teams that played this weekend that I, I think um yeah, I think I think next week's gonna have some pretty wide I think almost all the games have almost ten point spreads. Yeah, they're, they're um, big. I mean the largest spread today, like in end results, was the Eagles Saints game. Yeah, with it, eight point, it was a one score. Point. Yeah, one point. Uh, one score. So yeah. I mean it was it was a really fun and exciting weekend. Yeah. So Saints Vikings, this is the game that I was, you know, outside the Eagles game. This is the game that I was actually looking the most forward to to watching um, just because of the the rematch of the, you know, the, the miracle finish two years ago. The Minneapolis miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, and I kind of felt all along that the Vikings were, were going to win this game. Uh, but of course, we have to end the game on some crybaby Saints stuff with a put. Well, it was a push off. Basically, I mean, it kind of was. It kind of was, but if you've been watching football all year, like that, it's one thing to be upset about that pass interference from last season. Like that was pretty egregious, but like tight ends doing that to to cornerbacks, that happens every single game. Yeah, and, and you know, I kind of feel. I don't feel bad for them because I kind of feel like we're in the same boat. Like we're in the situation where it's like, why does our quarterback have to miss every playoff game that, you know, that we have. And they're in like this position where it's like, Hey, we're fighting for a championship and we, some crazy crap happens at the, like three years in a row. Some of the most bizarre things happen to the saints right at the end of the game. Like, do you really think that that was an overturnable? Like, do you think that there was anything in that, in that particular play that, like, yeah, like, I will give you, like, the guy forgot how to play defense, that's bad. The guy got tackled trying to make a catch, that's bad. Today, like, that is some pretty typical, like, let them play kind of stuff. I'm just wondering, like, if that play happened in the middle of the game, would it have gotten a call? It might have. I, I still don't think it would have. I still think that that would have been, and I think it would have gotten a grumble from the fan base. But you know, this is the kind of thing where New Orleans is probably going to, uh, you know, the rest of us will be protesting other stuff, and New Orleans yeah. is going to be protesting referees again. Yeah, we're we're protesting like potential dangerous actions by our government, and, uh, <laughs> and they're, they're worried about a playoff game. Yeah, do whatever the hell you want in Iran. We just need to get the <laughs> NFL officiating. <laughs> I I hear Hezbollah has some great <laughs> officials. You know, we can make deals, whatever the need. You know, we, we just got to get out the uh, the officiating consistent in the NHL, NFL. Yeah. Damn it! I, I am I am. It is going to be fun to watch. You know, Saints tears and all that stuff. Um. Okay. Uh, so uh, the 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 Patriots game, the Brady, the last game for Tom Brady as a New England Patriot. Do you Maybe. really believe that that's what's going to happen? Do I believe that's what's going to happen? Do you happen? believe that that's the this is t- the last time we the last pass that he throws as a Patriot is a pick no. six? No, because what are they going to do if they don't bring Brady back? What, what are they going to? They don't have someone. Well, Belichick will just he'll just find somebody in the sixth round like he did last time. So it's weird though. I mean, should they have just? moved on from Brady when they had Garoppolo like isn't that what Belichick wanted to do ultimately I think that is what Bel- I mean they did win what another Super Bowl after that at least one yeah right? and lost one to us but yeah so yeah, I, 
it's hard to say that he made the wrong they made the wrong decision when you got another ring out of the deal. I think a lot of other franchises would would trade that, but yeah. Um I don't know like it, the way that this has played out the end of this season like to a certain degree I've always assumed that like Belichick and Brady were kind of like the 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 dynamic duo of evil in New England. Like that they like Deflate Gate was his and and Spygate was was Belichick's and you know that they both kind of like were in you know like how how you know how how all super villains have to have like you know how the Joker has the Penguin like Brady had Belichick, um, <laughs> but, the builds kind of work out right there too. Yeah, that would yeah. be a great Halloween <laughs> costume for yeah. them. But you know it's kind of played out that like Belichick seems to like be like I'm just fucking done with this guy like he's old. I don't want to fucking pay this guy. Like, I'll just get somebody else. He's not that good. And, I mean, Belichick isn't saying any of this. And, I mean, obviously trying to make anything out of that dude's body language is, I mean, basically it's it's like trying to, to read a, a pile of dirty laundry and get some sort of emotion out of it. Like, the guy basically just looks like an old sweatshirt. Um, uh, so, but Brady has been like, and, and he won't say anything either, but I, it just, it just feels like, He's going to come back with them and be like, no, you can't get me on the goddamn cheap anymore. Like, you're going to have to pay me $30 million for two years. And they're going to be like, that's fucking insane. We're not going to do it. Go play in Tampa Bay. Like, I, I you know, sayonara, thanks for the rings. I, I just I just don't see it happening. I'm just picturing uh, Belichick like. Next question. Next question. And then bust out like a machine gun umbrella. And mows down all the reporters. I mean, like, <laughs> can you even? Like, I've been trying to wrap my head around like what, how crazy the NFL is going to be, and the only, the only equivalent I could, I could kind of like bring it back to was trying to remember what it was like when uh, Joe Montana went to Kansas City. Now he had an okay stretch there, uh, yeah. you know. It wasn't well, like it wasn't. He went to an AFC Championship game, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like. Um, like Michael Jordan going and playing like power forward for the Wizards like that. That was some forgettable basketball. But, um, you know, would Joe Montana was not pushing 43 when he did that. Um, so it's 40. You know, if you're another franchise, if you're San, uh, if you're L, if you're the Chargers, if you're Tampa Bay, I don't even know if Tampa Bay really wants a quarterback. Um, if you're uh, Cincinnati, if you're. Got, name a, a bad team with no quarterback, Jacksonville. Um, would you want to bring in two years of forty-three-year-old Brady in the hopes of getting a little bit of um, of that shine to get a little bit of like we'll draft a young kid, Brady's going to tutor them, and it's going to be great? Um, is that the kind of thing? If you're an executive, where you're like that seems like a great plan to towards future success or if you're the rest of the NFL be like I don't want this 43 year old guy either I think if you have the opening and you have nothing to lose yeah sign them you know bring them in there sell some tickets you know I think a lot of people will turn out to see you know Tom Brady you know in whatever colors he's wearing um now I don't know if Tom Brady wants to sign anywhere other than New England, so right he just might want to say, yeah I, I it's and whatever he chooses to do is fine, but the I, I love Tony uh, Tony Romo and all uh, as a broadcaster, 
but that was getting to be a bit much. It's like the last drive of the <laughs> dynasty, unless yeah. he comes back, which is a very real possibility. The right. last throw of the dynasty. And then we like, get to do it all over again you yeah. know, next year or the year after that or whatever it is. Uh, do you think people are taking too much joy in watching a 42-year-old man lose a professional football game? Like, a lot of people are hype that the that the you know the Patriots lost. I mean, I'm happy they lost too, uh, but to just you know put like crying memes out there of of Brady and stuff, it's like dude, you know he doesn't really care at this point. Yeah, I I didn't get it personally. I'm like, I, I see people going. I find it more like relief as opposed to joy or schadenfreude. Like this guy, like, oh, okay, we don't have to worry about the the Pats yeah. winning another one. Like we're gonna do. Oh. You, you didn't make it past the first round this year, and all you've done is won a whole bunch of Super Bowls recently. Like, yeah, meanwhile, eighty percent of you people out there, your teams didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, it's it, it can't be. There, I mean, if they won one game this year, you couldn't go, ha 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 ha, Pats, you suck. Like, no, they won the Super right. Bowl last year. They were in it two years ago. I think they won it the year before that. I, I can't even recall. They've. They're incredibly successful teams, so uh, the the grave dancing was a bit odd to me, um, you know. And I was fine with them being in or them being out. I personally would find it more joy of them losing in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl or something like that. Not with you, but... Chuck. I, I certainly would have taken more joy seeing them, you know, go down in Baltimore or something. You know what I mean? It, yeah. This seemed kind of anticlimactic to a certain degree. Um, I also don't believe it's the end of a dynasty. I think that Bill Belichick is one of those guys that's like the uh, the reports of my demise are, are, uh, are really uh, premature. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. So, um, you know, I've been planning for, for Brady to, to, to get old for a while. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past him to have some kind of dastardly, uh, you know, evil plan to, to be putting into action next year. Um, a lot of people have said that, you know, he is much more to, uh, he is much more the credit of this dynasty than, than Brady is. And I don't know if, if anybody wants to debate that, but, you know, there've been a lot of great quarterbacks uh, and there've been very few coaches that have as many rings um so you know i think that they are going to be forever tied to each other i think that when they uh when this axis of evil breaks um uh, i think that uh, whatever power it is that has blessed new england is going to go with it and um they better hope that the bruins get really good because i think that that they're going to be done with parades for a while hopefully thankfully um so uh, you know we'll see uh, i personally would would like to see Brady in another uh, another jersey and just for the 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 you know selfishly I'd love to see him be a, be a jet you know I mean he named the kids kid jet for god's sake um just you know in the in the in the same vein of when when Brett Favre came back to Green Bay as a viking um just the 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 pleasure it would be to see Tom Brady in green come back to Gillette Stadium that mm. to me like there are very few things in life that are not involving the Eagles that would be like must see as far as the NFL or Miami too. or you know but I mean like or if Tom Brady coming back into Gillette Stadium in any other color to uh, to watch what all those people that have invested in 12 jerseys what are they going to do burn their Tom Brady jerseys no. 
But like that's the kind of shit that we exist in. You know, the the, the people in Cleveland burn LeBron James jerseys Not, the first it, time. It, it would be it would be New England saying we don't want you back. It w- it wouldn't be Brady saying like, oh no, I'm leaving. Right. Um. The the Buffalo Houston game, uh, which I thought was the best game, agree uh, of the week, which I didn't anticipate because I it kind of had my the le- my least interest going into it, um, because I'm always kind of like turned off by AFC games. I don't know something about the field or the uniforms. Now I was kind broadcast. of interested in this game because it was kind of like a uh, a revisiting kind of like a long sequel to the uh, the the one of my favorite miracle ones, the uh, the the uh, Music City Music miracle. City. Yeah, Great Music miracle. City Miracle. Yeah. Uh, well, this one is a weird one because a, a kickoff was caught by a player in the end zone. He didn't take a knee, flips it to the ref, and the ref basically was like, that's a live football. And uh, it was recovered by uh, uh, Buffalo and uh, scored a touchdown. And then New York called and said, no, 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 no. You're not going to do that. And they overturned it. That totally should have been a touchdown. I was rules are that. rules. Yeah, like it's. I didn't see that. Lo- did did the ref actually catch it and then hand no, it no, to him? No, no, no. He like went like he, he kind of like olayed it. Okay, all well, right. So he so the I forget his name. The player kind of held it out to the ref, and the ref kind of gave him like a like a no sign. Like, like don't give a, me that. Like, a real I don't want subtle it. like no 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 don't do that to me. And then he just underhand flipped it to him, and the ref kind of jumped out of the way of it which really set everyone's alarm bells off. Like that's a live ball. And you, you know, you see the bills coming down like gangbusters and they recover it in the end zone. And he's like, touchdown, which, you know, take the knee. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. It, it's not like symbolic, like taking the knee is you like downing yourself. Right. And if that's not going to be the standard like th- these exist for a reason i uh, hear i'm going to i'm going to give you an analogy here it is a guy is returning a punt right and he's broken away from the pack and he's running down the sideline alone and he's holding the ball out to his side in victory and one half step before he goes over the end zone he flips it in celebration and he runs into the end zone celebrating that's a fumble Yep. And that's what we've scored it as forever. Now, is New York going to call it and say, no, 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 no. He didn't mean to drop the ball before he got into the end zone. And he was clearly on a path that he was going to score. So just give them the six points. I mean, that's what it's tantamount to. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's a very good example. And, and that's something that I feel like we've been burned by. Yeah. Yeah, it's now 100%. It's you know it's just because you know ignorance of the rules is not not an excuse of you know you know ignorance of the law is not an excuse i'm mixed up my idioms tonight i can't remember but um that was that's a live ball it's always been that way you learn that that happened to the cowboys with the coin toss earlier in the year right i was just gonna say that no Know the game that you're playing. It's your yeah. one thing you need to know in life. And they weaseled out of that too. Yeah. 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 Like, sorry. Just, just get rid of the rules then. Just go like, oh well, they didn't mean to. And then every interception's called back. It's like, well, clearly he didn't mean to throw to the other team. They're on different teams. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's 
so and, and that was a game changer because what that would have put up um well buffalo would have won the game yeah but the bills would have been up like what 22 nothing something like that 23 nothing yeah 16 yeah so yeah 23 yeah so it's yeah that that was a really fun but b very frustrating (laughs) yeah uh okay One game left. Chuck's penalty box. All right. Thank you, Dave. And this week we will start with you, Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box this week? Uh, I I may be going out on a limb, and maybe there are other people that are going to be like, "Ah, but I love that. Um, But I'm putting Cooper Manning in the penalty box. Uh, First of all, I guess that uh, I've been under a rock or watched too much Red Zone. Because uh, I didn't even know he dud did dud that he even was involved in these skit things that he does um, for Fox NFL. Uh, I I hadn't ever seen Cooper Manning outside of like uh, a shot from the field up at a box where he was walking like quietly behind Archie Manning with a hot dog or nachos. Um, but my my issue is like how did they? I guess wh- who I, I my issue is really with Fox like. How exploitive do you need to be to this guy? Like, why? What was your idea? Did you go to him and be like, we would like to uh, make you look like a fool and an idiot for 16 weeks, maybe into the playoffs and certainly at the Super Bowl, uh, because both of your brothers are Hall of Fame quarterbacks Uh, and your older brother is way funnier than you. Uh, And your middle brother or little brother is uh, humorless. Actually, I think Cooper is the oldest. He certainly looks the oldest. Um. But I, I just uh, the sketchiness, like uh, not like that he is sketchy, <laughs> like the the way it was like Saturday Night Live, like a sketch, like it just the whole thing feels so contrived, and his whole like persona seems completely fake, which for some reason works with Peyton and does not work with him. Um, I just uh, it's just not for me, bro. It's not, it's not for me, not, not my thing. So Cooper Manning, like take a couple weeks off and. Like reevaluate like what you're doing. All right. Uh, so for Fox Sports, coming from a fan base who knows, don't get the less talented brother and just pretend it's the same. Uh, Jim Belushi should be a uh, you know a warning to all of us. So for Fox, you are getting a two minute penalty for trying to turn a Cooper into a Peyton two minutes for trying to turn Cooper into Peyton. Dave, who is in your penalty box this week? I'm putting marketing teams in my penalty box. And what, what is frustrating me with, with marketing teams is some sort of fascination. Everyone has with alliteration, not everything you name needs to have alliteration. Uh, ESPN has something called Peyton's Places. This week on Peyton's Places, he visits, I don't know, fucking Lambeau Field or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching the Fox broadcast. Aikman's Angles. These are the, this is basically keys to win the game. Aikman's Angles on how these teams will win the game. 
It's like, stop. Like Dave's dynamite decals or uh, <laughs> Chuck's chewy chihuahuas. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, just, you don't have to name things that have jeans, ju- juicy jeans. Like, I I would buy them, but not because of the name. I just don't think everything needs to start with the same letter or the same phonetic sound to make it interesting or appealing uh, in any way. So for that, I'm putting marketing teams in, in my penalty box. All right. <laughs> to marketing teams, there are other literary devices. Have you tried assonance? Has you've tried consonants? Um, you don't just have to do the same sounds at the beginning of the word. So for uh, punitive pleasure, your penalty <laughs> is... I can't think of any time that begins with a P. Uh, a five-minute major for for laziness. Chuck, who's in your penalty box? And real quick, when you are looking for Chihuahua, um, <laughs> Chewy is always better. The chewiest Chihuahuas can be found at Chuck's. Don't, <laughs> don't fall for any tender Chihuahuas. You want that real toothy feel and that real yappy bite? You go to Chuck's Chewy Chihuahuas. You can find us at chuckchewyschihuahuas.com. Uh, passcode Potadelphia. Sorry, so who's in my penalty box? <laughs> in my penalty box this week is Darren Dreger uh, of TSN. And he's a hockey reporter, but I'm not putting him in for hockey. I'm putting him in for a bad pop culture take. This was uh, a tweet uh, from a little while ago. that said, I've never mo- watched more than 10 minutes of any Star Wars movie. Deal with it. <laughs> What the hell are we dealing with? <laughs> I, 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 I've, I have never spoken more than five words in, in Spanish. Deal with it. Like, I don't care. Why, why, why do you use somebody else's enjoyment of something that's tremendously popular as like a defining character trait? Just if you don't care about Star Wars, don't watch Star Wars. Like tweeting that you're not watching Star Wars and that you've never watched more than <laughs> 10 minutes. So are like, have you watched nine minutes of each episode and just show like uh I have low attention span? <laughs> Once there was reading, I said I'm out. Deal with it, suckers. So when you want to try the weird flex of like, oh, you like dorky stuff and I don't like dorky stuff, just leave it to yourself. Let people enjoy what they enjoy. If you actively dislike something, say it. If you're not interested, don't say anything. It's you're you're telling on yourself when you act like, oh, you know, I don't care, and you guys can be mad about it. So Darren Dreger. With your alliterative name, we know what you're up to. You're getting a double minor for an alliterative name and a bad pop culture take. All right. That is all the time we have for today. We will be back with you next Monday. Um, No Eagles talk. Well, there might be Eagles news, but no Eagles game to recap. So uh, we're going to have to talk about, hopefully, the the Flyers stop their free fall 
the Sixers stop their free fall and we can get some positivity back in the Philadelphia sports landscape. So we'll be back with you next Monday. Um, if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also, be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any more uh, time in your podcast listening week, be sure to check out the Whip Around. Uh, new episodes every Wednesday. And uh, have a great day at work, everybody, because we're out of here. 